The Truth Express with your conductor, Erskine, who give you the latest on national news, politics, policies, business, and government issues. <coughs> Rebecca Terrell, Senior Hello. Editor, Regular co- Contributor for the New American. I just read the article in this week's The New American titled, COVID Hospitals, The New Killing Fields. Gather the title, COVID Hospitals. The New Killing Fields. It's a personal story of 19-year-old Grace Shira died October 13th at a hospital in Wisconsin. Did COVID take her life? No. A murderous treatment protocol that her family believes may claim many unfortunate victims. Story not only about Grace Shira, but also the potential Grace Shira's potential and all of us. That's in this week's New American. Now, why so many fall for the COVID narrative? We don't know. Pfizer overwhelmed with vaccine side effects just been released. But when they have treatments like ivermectin, which can work, can work. 215 members of Congress have taken ivermectin. 215 members of Congress have taken ivermectin. You try to order it, they'll confiscate it. You could go to the pharmacy, you can't get it. Same thing with hydroxychloroquine things that work. I mean, this is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. I'm going to do just the opening of your article, Rebecca. It's just too good. Imagine doctors tie your daughter down to a bed, administer increasing doses of drugs in lethal combination until she turns cold, stops breathing, and dies. That's the scenario in what her father of 19-year-old Grace Shiraz describes as happening not in 1940 Nazi Germany, but last October in the United States of America, a Wisconsin hospital. This was a heart-wrenching story. It really was. She was killed not by COVID, but a drug overdose. Medical professionals agree the poor girl had Down syndrome, a very sweet girl who certainly did not desire, did not ask for or need a death sentence. This is incredible. And they're doing it to others, aren't they? Well, it does seem that way. I mean, what in Scott, her Grace's father, Scott, does not is not saying outright uh, that they murdered his daughter. What he's saying is he wants an investigation and he has all of the documentation that justifies his request to have that investigation. But everywhere he has turned Everyone has slammed the door in his face. This is a case where, yes, Grace went into the hospital with COVID. Her death certificate says COVID. But he says that based on the documentation he has received from the hospital, that is not true. He says that she, he does not believe she died of COVID, but of a lethal combination of three different types of sedative medications uh, that were given that would... <laughs> I think would bring down an elephant. Um, right, and, right. And that's what happened on her last day. Even though on her last day of life, he says that her doctor called him and told him how well she was doing. So the pulse, the pulse uh, oximeter, it's oxygen measuring device at home, mm-hmm. showed their oxygen levels above ninety percent. Hospital said it was forty percent lower. The staff. Concerns, concerned about 
said, yes, there were errors in what the hospital did. In other words, she had 90% oxygen, and they were still trying to put her on this, that, and the other. They couldn't uh, eat because they had her on a BiPAP mask, wouldn't let her father help. They pushed for a ventilator. Why? Because they make more money if you get put on ventilators. What did she die of? Malnutrition. She needed a feeding tube. Three days before her death, armed guards escorted the father out, turning off the alarm so the brain could sleep, so that she could sleep. Nurses uh, uh, wouldn't allow that. Uh, Well, well, the nurses did allow it. The nurses showed him how to turn the alarms off on the hospital monitors at nighttime so they could sleep. He was staying with Grace in the hospital because he was under the Americans with Disabilities Act. She could have a patient advocate with her. Her mother couldn't be there with her because her mother had COVID at the time, too. In fact, well, so, um, Scott, so did her father. He got it too, yes. also. But his he older sister, his, her older sister, Jessica, didn't. She came in right. to cheer up. Family isn't going to like this. They strapped Grace to a bed and they wanted, uh, when she wanted to go to the bathroom. That is inhumane. That is absolutely That's, inhumane. And that is one of the, one of the big one of the many big questions that Scott wants answered, why did they use restraints? There are extremely strict laws that govern the use of restraints. Um, and he does not see in the documentation how those laws were adhered to in the use of restraints on, on Grace. Um, and then they gave her a, a pre-op sedative. Called oh, let's, talk, let's talk about that. They upped the doses of tranquilizers for four days, never told the family a piece of dex or whatever. It's an ICU sedative used in four mm-hmm. days. Package insert says it should be limited 24 hours. That's medical malfeasance right there. The day of well, death. It, yeah. It would ahead. seem to be, but again, it would seem to be. And what, again, this deserves a proper investigation. Scott has approached the Wisconsin, Wisconsin State Health Department. They've said, nope. We're not going to investigate. Uh, he's asked the hospital for a meeting. They've said, no, we're not meeting with you. Um, he's approached the US, even the U.S. Department of Justice. They've said they don't have time. They don't have time for it. <laughs> and um, he's also approached the Centers for Medicare and Medicaid Services. Now, Grace was a Medicare, Medicaid patient because she had a disability, and she was legally considered an adult at the age of 19. Right. Um, but under the, um, she was also under the Americans with Disabilities Act, of course. And so he approached the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services, and that answer from them about an investigation was almost the most insulting because it was, they said that they investigated the hospital and found out that that hospital was eligible to receive Medicare and Medicaid funding. Wow. And they completely ignored the fact that uh, of the case that happened. So he decided because he couldn't get any um, response from anyone and he consulted with an attorney about what they could do. But because Grace was an adult, he was very, he and Cindy, his wife are very limited as to what they can do legally speaking. And, um, and his attorney pointed out, look, you're going up against a hospital. You're probably going to lose. (laughs) He said, we can bring 10, 10 expert witnesses in. This is what Scott told me. Um, He, we can bring 10 expert witnesses in. The hospital's going to bring 100 in. And, you know, the hospital has billions. It doesn't matter how much you fork over into this. And the and most that Wisconsin statute will allow in a medical malpractice case is $750,000. Scott said, I don't want the money. I'll give it all to you. The attorney said, uh, 
you can't do that. The law won't let you do that. So um, uh, the other yeah. the other thing is they, they can change the records when you go in. I've seen that happen. Now the day of well, death, midnight to ten forty eight a.m. They gave fourteen times the initial dose of medication. Eleven twenty five benzodiazepam. That's uh, oh, Cirax and uh, Valium and that type of thing. Uh, three doses within three minutes stops the central nervous system. Followed up with what morphine on top of that. Seven twenty. PM, Sister Jessica panicked when the vital signs dropped. She hung on until 7.20 PM. That's amazing. Nurses refused to enter. They said, we have DNR. Do not resuscitate. There was no DNR. 7.27, she died. Of course, they put her to sleep with all of these central nervous system depressing drugs. 14 times the, the initial dose, then three doses within three minutes of Valium. That's enough to kill a horse, isn't it? That, well, and I don't know as far as that dosing goes, but I certainly know when I first read the story, my, my reaction was just, I was speechless. I thought, oh, you know, why, why would they do that kind of a thing? Now, I will say she did have a DNR, which was ordered unilaterally by the doctor according to the hospital records that Scott obtained after Grace's death. Well, let's talk about the hospital records. They had 36 references in the medical records to Down syndrome, 22 in the doctor's report. The hospital refused to meet with Scott, the father, Cindy, the mother. They had different treatments for Medicare and Medicaid patients. In other words, if you're on Medicare or Medicaid, they had different treatments for that. This is absolutely incredible. This is one hospital. How many hospitals is this happening? We don't know, do we? Right. And, well, we we could... We could make a good guess if we had enough time to do the research because the uh, 2020 Coronavirus Aid, Relief, and Economic Security Act, which is just an Orwellian name, uh, especially right. because the acronym is CARES, as well as the Centers for Medicaid, Medicare and Medicaid Services, have what many describe as hospital incentive payment, uh, hospital incentive payments for oh. hospitals who, who have positive diagnoses of COVID and deaths from COVID. If they have recovery from COVID, they don't get a payment. If they have a death from COVID, they get a bonus payment. If they have used remdesivir during the process and the patient's on Medicare or Medicaid, CMS will pay them a 20% bonus over the entire hospital bill. And I mean, so you have to go, is this an incentive? It, Again, all of these things are questions that the family is asking and lots of families are asking because this isn't just the sheriffs in in Wisconsin. This is tons and tons, hundreds and hundreds of people are asking these questions. And you can go, you can read their their cases on a website called protocolkills.com. And I feature that too in this cover story. I, I wasn't able to feature many stories. Obviously, I focused on the Shara's story um, as just one example. But the thing is, all everything that Scott reported as having ha- happened, everything that he actually saw, which is unusual for someone because most people aren't allowed to have family in the COVID wards of hospitals, right? Right. But he got to see it firsthand until they kicked him out. They said that they kicked him out because he was turning off those hospital alarms. Later, he got a letter saying that he was kicked out because he had COVID. Well, 
they had told him he was probably going to catch COVID as the patient advocate in a COVID ward. And he, in fact, he had tested positive for COVID three days before they kicked him out of the hospital. What he believes is there, and this is what he told me, they were pressing for Grace to go on, uh, to be intubated, to go on a ventilator. And he right. kept refusing it because he asked the doctor point blank, what is the likelihood of her recovery? And the doctor admitted to him, again, this is what he told me, the doctor admitted to him that there wasn't a great recovery rate, that there wasn't a great survival rate when patients went on ventilators. Was it after, time, after 90 hours, the recovery rate the, is like 15%, that's it? I mean, it right. isn't very great, right. Something like that, 96 hours, I think, is what the, the research is the research that I've read. But, you know, Scott... Scott had brought from home his his little store-bought, you know, Walgreens or wherever he bought it, the little pulse oximeter that you can put on your finger, and it shows you what percentage uh, saturation of oxygen right. in your blood. Right. And it should be above 95%. And in healthy people, normal healthy people, it's going to be above 95%. He had right. it on Grace's hand, and it was hovering at, that, at this point when they're asking for intubation, he, it was hovering between 90 and 95 that's not bad. You know, I mean, she had a respiratory virus. Okay. We'll take a break. We'll take a break right now. We'll be right back to talk about the oxygen. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. The nurses told Grace's father that the uh, test for oxygen at the hospital always in error. They made mistakes. But 85% death rate after 96 hours on the ventilator, four times they wanted to put the poor girl on the ventilator. Now, Nicole uh, Sirotek, founder of the American Frontline Nurses, said she never saw any patient die from COVID, many died from neglect and medical malfeasance. That says a lot, doesn't it? It certainly does. And she just said that in this past January on Capitol Hill during testimony that she gave. It took a lot of courage for her to do that, didn't it? It did. She was the nurse who was made famous. She went viral in 2020 because she was crying in New York in a hospital where she had gone to help with the COVID pandemic. And she said that she didn't see a single patient die of COVID that she's seen a substantial number of patients die of negligence and medical malfeasance. Now, she was there on Capitol Hill giving that testimony, surrounded by a number of other nurses who were with her, and every single one of them were nodding their heads in agreement. And that says a lot. 
I don't think in a situation like that where she's giving testimony before the Senate that she would be prone to exaggerate. No, and it isn't no. often in life that you can say something so absolute. She might have said, well, some did die of COVID, but a lot of them died of this. No, that's not what she said. She said, I didn't see a single patient die of COVID. And, she, uh, and if you go look up her viral video, that it's, it's, very, it's very compelling. Because she was lamenting that she could not. She was taken off patient cases when her patients were doing better under her care. Over a year ago, I said people are dying with COVID, not from COVID. And I think that's a pretty accurate statement. Now, we're going to go over this really quick. I want to go over ventilators. They're not for patient health. And the fact of the matter is patients on ventilators, a lot of times they're not bathed, they're not fed, they get no water, and they're not turned. I mean, they're isolated for hours, no human contact. You said this is worse than anybody treated in any prison. Dr. Lee Belay, who's a friend of mine down in uh, Tucson, you know Dr. Belay, and she mm-hmm. said the same thing. She was talking about that. She has humane ways to take care of people, not not what they're doing. She tries other ways. Another friend of mine, Meryl Nass, uh, they want to get her license for prescribing ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. They're going after licenses for approved drugs, which help. This is insanity. This is absolutely insanity. You know that. Right. And there are a lot of patients who can't, who have had vaccine side effects. You can't get their doctors to write them, um, to write them, you know, excuses to get them out of boosters, you know, booster requirements and vaccine mandates because the doctors are concerned about losing their licenses. Yeah, we've talked about the, the so-called, as uh, Jane Oria called it, the clot shots. And the problem with that, people do get these clots afterwards, and they also affects the heart of younger people. I mean, it's absolutely insane. Let's go over some of the things you said you talked about. You call it Biden's bounty on your life. Big payoff federal uh, follow federal COVID protocols. Uh, it isn't for patient health. They get... Um, PCR test in the ER, every patient paid for by the government, bonus cash for COVID positive diagnosis, bonus cash for COVID-19 hospital admission, 20% boost bonus if they use remdesivir versus ivermectin, bonus if they put on a ventilator, more money if the cause of death is listed by COVID-19, COVID-19 diagnosis to get extra payment to the coroner. In other words, once you're in the hospital, there's no reason to keep you alive except to get extra money. Because if you get a COVID di- diagnosis, uh, they're going to make money off of that. And they don't even care if you live or not. They got the diagnosis and they get a bonus if you die from COVID because of death is listed COVID. I mean, there are bonuses to kill people. Right. And I have to say, too, wow. I have to stand up for some. There are some hospitals, there are some good hospitals that do treat COVID patients well. In fact, Scott Shera told me that three days after Grace died, he had to go to the hospital with COVID as well. He did not go to the same hospital where Grace, was, where Grace died, and he was treated well and went home healthy. So it's we'll not be right all back. We'll be right back. Not all. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal 
fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. Rebecca Terrell, you follow the money. That is a real key. You are a true investigative reporter. There are very few. You're a true journalist. I have never read anybody who did as much research. Only one other person does as much research as you, and that's Dr. Charles Simone. And Remdesivir, you really hit this. Experimental emergency use only, pushed by who? Dr. Fauci. Big surprise. Caused extensive kidney damage. Five months prior, the New England Journal of Medicine study said it doesn't work against Ebola. 50% of the patients died early. Uh, China, article in Lancet, remdesivir not associated with statistically significant clinical benefits. Increased death, increased kidney failure. In other words, killing patients uh, incentivized by the government. And who benefited Gilead Pharmaceutical? First nine months, $4.2 billion, billion. People are making so much money off of COVID. Bill Gates, in one month, made $200 billion off of the COVID shot. NIH medical experts, 40% stock, uh, the advisors and the consultants, to the drug companies. Seven of them tied to Gilead. One's on their advisory panel. These people have a vested interest. Isn't there conflicts of interest in medicine as well as in judiciary? Shouldn't we be investigating the investigators at this point? What do you think, Rebecca? Absolutely. I I think that you hit the nail on the head. I mean, we look at remdesivir, which is the reason Fauci was pushing remdesivir before COVID was right. supposedly nobody, discovered. Nobody's talking about the money connection. You put right. the money connection. These people are making millions, if not billions, of dollars off of this worthless drug that they're giving to people that actually does harm. When there are That's drugs right. that work, uh, hydroxy works, ivermectin works, and they're not giving it to them. They're forbidding them to take it. People are dying because they are forbidden. One nurse in Florida was uh, there after her license because she suggested to a patient with COVID that she should take ivermectin. The patient died. They wouldn't allow it into the hospital. That is mm-hmm. that, that is just sad. It's like uh, poor Grace. There are Graces all over the country happening every day. There are, and Scott um, postulates that that has to do with uh, the fact that Medicare and Medicaid are, as we know, 
bankrupt. And of course, we have the baby boomers that are flooding the system now, and uh, they they've got to do something. I mean, he, it's a it's a it's a fair question to ask. Again, it's something that he wants the answer to, and all of us want the answer to. But I think what I want going back to what I was talking about earlier, people need to be savvy. I'm not saying to question everything that your doctor does or question every single thing your nurse does, but be savvy. He wishes now that when he put that fingertip pulse oximeter on his daughter and saw an oxygen level above 90%, right. he wishes he had realized, look, tell your doctor, I want to leave. I want to go home with oxygen because she needed some oxygen. She needed to get above 95%. But she's classified as an ICU patient because she's on this ICU sedative, which he right. didn't know. Scott says he didn't know that. She was on it for four days. She, was only, she wasn't supposed to be on it for longer than 24 hours. And, you know, and that was what he, he figured out later. He thinks that they put her on that sedative to get her ready to intubate her as soon as he gave permission, but also to classify her as ICU so it would be harder for the family to take her out of the hospital had they tried because, you know, as an ICU patient, it wouldn't be as easy. And so what he would have done then, had he known what he knows now, is take her home on oxygen and treat her at home. They had been using ivermectin at home, actually, and that's why Cindy's case didn't get bad at all. Cindy never got super sick. Scott said he has an inflammatory condition that is genetic, and he passed it on to Grace, and that's why ivermectin wasn't working for them as well. And it doesn't work for every single person. You know, it's not, but it is, there are way too many doctors who've called it a miracle drug. I've seen it happen. I had a had a friend who I got there some, and uh, she yeah. was on her deathbed. She thought, I said, don't go to the hospital. Tried it uh, on the, it, it worked immediately, but not yeah. curing, not curing. You take a five-day course of it. On the fourth day, she was still coughing, still didn't feel great. On the fifth sure. day, took her last course, and she was up and doing great. A little weak, but she was up and doing great. The coffee had stopped and everything. Now, you key to this and what I want people to take away from this article that you've written, you've got to be proactive when it comes to medicine. You've got yes. to be proactive. If somebody has a disease, go to a doctor you can trust, read up on it. If it's cancer, if it's heart problem, if it is uh, COVID, read up on it. And if they're not doing the right thing in the hospital, you have a right to check the person out or the person has a right to check out and you may have to sign a form that you're checking out AMA against medical advice. Do it. It's your life. It's life and death. Now, the other thing that you got into that was just uh, astonishing to me, Rebecca Terrell, you are such a great reporter, such a great journalist. You talked about Dr. Zeke Emanuel. He said their priority is young people versus old who have lived a long life anyway. Healthcare rationing based on age, based on disability. That's what it's all about in the article. And uh, he was appointed by Biden on the doctor death panel. Emmanuel was named to the transitional COVID-19 advisory board in 2020. What a, what a weird thing to do. His priorities are medical care with uh, instrumental value and reasonable life expectancy, elderly, disabled, you don't need to apply. 
I mean, this and Fauci praises him. Of course, he praises uh, Zeke Emanuel. Of course, his brother was uh, mayor of uh, Chicago. Did a great job, right? So this is this is just incredible the incestuousness of it. But it, it's valuable uh, life value and reasonable life expectancy. In other words, if you're older, forget it. If you're disabled, forget it. You're not contributing to the great society, are you? No, this is not not the America we grew up in. This is more like Nazi Germany, isn't it? It really is, and it's funny to see throughout history the way if if they get blocked, if huh. these insiders get blocked in one pathway to achieving their aims, they go another pathway. Because right, you just brought up right. Dr. Ezekiel Emanuel. He was the one who was behind the independent payment advisory boards that were set up under Obamacare. Now, right. Congress actually, Congress passed that, but in 2018 repealed it. If they had not repealed it, we would have already had this death, death by... Death right, panels, it, it was. Right. That was what Sarah Palin called it, his death panel, because they had unchecked control over decisions to provide or withhold treatments in order to control Medicare and Medicaid spending. Now, when your health care is subject to a bureaucrat's decision over right. finances, that's when you should start to get nervous. But that's what we're seeing right here, because we actually have that same kind of advisory board behind the scenes. Nobody's talking about it. And it's the COVID advisory board. And they're the ones who are dictating what these hospital protocols do and what's on the hospital protocol. Why is remdesivir, which is supposedly the only antiviral, however, the World Health Organization, which I'm not quoting them as (laughs) that. You know, don't don't think that I that I actually like the World Health Organization, but even who has said do not use remdesivir no matter how severe your COVID case is. Right. And yet this advisory panel for COVID has said remdesivir and remdesivir only. Do not ever use hydroxychloroquine. Do not ever use ivermectin, budesonide, any of the other uh, even monoclonal antibodies, which how long have all of these things been around? We right. do know these have long-term safety and efficacy records. Remdesivir has a record now, of fraudulent trials, it, pushing it through to emergency use authorization. So does, so does Pfizer. So does Moderna with their... Uh the things that they hid regarding their shots, uh, over 1,450 uh, problems that they found. They wanted to keep that hidden for 55, 60 years. Right. So, I mean, this is this is just It was incredible. 76. It was actually 76 years. And I don't know uh, how okay. many of us alive now would have been alive then. Right. You know, they... <laughs> it's like but... a candy assassination. We'll release it in another 50 years or 60, 70 years. I mean, right, but what we already know from because the judge ordered that they know they have to release that before the end of this year. They have to release all of the paperwork and they have to release it in chunks uh, by the first of every month. And what we know already is already right. They, Pfizer was overwhelmed with side effects, very serious right. adverse side effects, in just the first two months of the vaccine rollout. They had to hire six hundred additional full-time staffers just to handle adverse events reports. 
And they anticipated hiring another 1,200 by mid-year. And that was in the first year of the vaccine rollout. And the more boosters you get, the more it damages your immune system. So that's all the whole thing. But when they're making so much money, so much money. Now, Bill Gates said he wanted to reduce the population. The Georgia Guidestones talks about reducing the population to 500 million. You've got all sorts of different signs that the New World Order and the globalists want to reduce the population. What could be better than a virus? What could be better than the COVID? Shut down the entire country, closed everything, stopped it, uh, put people in a panic, put people in fear. When people are afraid, what happens? They lose their common sense. That's what's happened to our country. Now, the uh, protocol itself kills. Uh, the states have to follow the protocol. The hospitals have to follow it. If they follow it, state like West Virginia, they're getting 471000 per patient. Is that true? Is that the number average? 171000 they're getting from the government per patient on, in the country. Is that true? That is what I took the data from that site. They had reviewed all. Oh my of, they had, God! They had so, reviewed all of the CARES Act and all of the CMS payments, and they had documented all of that from very valid sources, uh, and and posted that on the website. So I took that and I did a little analysis of it. And yes, oh. one hundred seventy-one thousand was the average among states. Okay. So, so, so it pays one. somebody to diagnose them with COVID, whether they yeah. have it or not. So the figures why, we're seeing are, are not right. Right. Well, that's why if you go to the hospital for anything, if you're in a car wreck and you go to the hospital, they will administer a, a PCR test. Now, the PCR test is going to find anything in anyone. And that's not me saying that. That's the man who invented the PCR test right, right. said that. So, you know, so we have all of these, admittedly, uh, and many doctors have admitted this, uh, false positives are very wow. are rampant with the PCR test. So if you get a positive diagnosis, yes, the hospital gets another payment. They get a payment for administering the test, a payment for a positive diagnosis, a pay- payment for an admission with a COVID diagnosis. Even if, it, even if the primary reason for being in the hospital is not COVID, as long as there's a diagnosis of COVID. So, that, yes, the, the hospital has, hospitals have an amazing number of incentives. And like I said before, not every hospital is doing this, but the hospitals who are are getting these payments. And then you have to question, you know, are they really concerned about my health or are they concerned about their bottom line? It's a, it's a legitimate question. And, again, it deserves a fair hearing. And it deserves not to be shut down with all this censorship and demonization and threatening people with their livelihoods and threatening doctors and nurses who, who come out threatening their licenses and their ability to earn a living in, in the professions that they love and that should be free from government interference. Why, why is healthcare so regulated? If our dry cleaning were this regulated and our lawn care were this regulated, any other service, any other service, pick it, we would go, What? That's crazy. Why do we let the government step into our health care, which is affecting, it's not affecting our lawns or our dry cleaning, it's affecting our own bodies. We've got to stop, we've got to stop this nanny state mentality that we all have of, oh, the federal government, we have to, the federal government has to take care of it. No, 
No, the federal government has to stay out of it. Our Constitution says that. Our Constitution is a list of specifically what the government can do. And the Bill of Rights is a Ten Commandments for the federal government, not for us. It's thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not infringe upon this right, infringe upon this right, infringe upon... And then 9 and 10 cover everything else, because 10, God bless them, it says if we forgot anything here, you can't do that either. And we have got... We've it's got to not get back just to about money, but a lot of it is. Protocol Kills is a great website to go to. But when you're looking at this, right now, we cannot be bystanders. We've got to be active. Our lives depend on it, and the lives of those we care for depend on it. Absolutely, and it isn't just the money. It really isn't just the money, because when I first heard about transhumanism, I was like, oh, that's a bunch of bull. It's not. They are planning it. The insiders are planning that. We'll be right back. The Biden administration is quickly moving to implement the liberal fantasy of socialist spending. After spending a $2.1 trillion stimulus, the president and Democratic-led Congress have introduced another $3 trillion plan to add to our insurmountable debt, seeking to raise taxes on Americans making as little as 200000 a year. Have you seen the immigration footage? $87 million putting illegals in hotel rooms and our troops sleeping on parking garage floors. Could this be the biggest single gold-buying opportunity in history? Well, Wells Fargo and Gold Goldman Sachs say this is the time to buy gold. Patriot Gold Group, where your IRA or 401k can be in physical gold and silver, and you may qualify for no fee for life IRA. Call 800-356-4470 for details. Patriot Gold Group, Consumer Affairs top-rated gold IRA dealer, five years running. Call 800-356-4470 today. It's not all about the money. Not all about the money. Rebecca Terrell talks about that. But money is important. And uh, Grace uh, Shira, her father, said once the family refused the ventilator, which they did four different times, her father said it's probable that Grace was worth more of the hospital dead than alive. Her Medicaid invoice showed the facilities paid $1,680 a day since she was not on a ventilator. The bonus for her death was 13000 Had she been cured, they would have received zero. Estimates that the healthcare system, which the hospital belongs, raked in $8.4 billion in CARES Act bonuses and COVID death payments in one year alone. I rested my case right on that. You rested your case on that. Uh, cutting the apron strings will provide the healthiest cure for COVID. This has been, is it a scam, would you call that? I think it's about control and manipulation of the people. I think it's also about depopulation in, in a grand scheme. Right, you know, right. talking I, about. Well, because after, we're, reading we're talking the, of, after reading this article, I've been speculating with people. I said, they're trying to kill people. They're trying to depopulate. And Big Gates and others talked about that. But after reading your article, you brought it home. There's no ifs, ands, or buts. They are trying to kill people. The useless people, the old people, the disabled. Right, those who can't contribute to society, who aren't perfect like them. Right. Again, and if they aren't doing it, why not have debates? Why not have open public debate? Why not have? There's the other question. Now, I got banned from uh, uh, Twitter and a bunch of places a long time ago when I talked about ivermectin and talked about the hydroxychloroquine. 
And they said two things. They said, number one, you're not going according to the protocols of the World Health Organization. Don't you know that? And I'm thinking, yeah, I know that. I don't care. I'm talking medical doctors who are some of the best in their field. And they said, and it isn't according to the medical consensus. Are They have destroyed science. Of course, we know science is Dr. Fauci. And they have also destroyed the medical field. A lot of people don't want to go into medicine now. You've got Dr. Jill Biden, who isn't even a medical doctor, having more concern and having more to say about medicine than an actual doctor. This is crazy, isn't it, yes. isn't it Rebecca? It really is. And I have to say, too, I actually am a nurse. I have a, a nursing license and I do not practice anymore. I was already out of the nursing field before COVID hit, but I was very, very glad of that. And to tell you, my, the mother, truth, my mother was a nurse. My wife is a nurse. They both are RNs. And uh, yeah, it's not the not the same profession that they were in before. You went in that because you cared. You didn't go into it I, yeah. for the money. You went into it because you cared. And it's not the same right now. It's not the same anymore. It absolutely isn't. And I, I certainly am glad I'm not in it just from a sense of, you know, I will have, you know, the vaccine mandates and all of this. It's oh. not that I wouldn't love to be still be taking care of patients. That That's the right. nice part of nursing. But all of the bureaucracy, all of the, all of the federal control of the entire bureaucratic, uh, entire, oh. I mean, and, and pharmaceutical companies, too, their control over telling doctors how to treat their patients. Right. That, and, and it used to be that they'd give a golf course, a golf trip if they prescribe something. Now they've got it institutionalized where the politicians are getting the money and they are no longer no longer being able to write for what they want to. The politicians are controlling them. They can't do what's best. It should be should do no harm. They, they can't even follow their own Hippocratic oath anymore, can they, Rebecca? Right. And how can bureaucrats in Washington dictate with one uniform protocol what's good for every single person out there? It, right. it defies common sense. It's just not it's just not true for anything, for any no. condition, COVID or anything else. Doctors and patients decide together what kind of treatment is best for that particular patient's needs. One size doesn't fit all. And I like to say we're, this is this goes against the narrative. The socialists believe in collective. I believe yes. and you believe in the individual. And I believe God does because billions of people, no two, even identical twins, have the same fingerprints. We're all individuals and our systems are all individual. That's why you need to see a doctor who can look at you and say, Yes, this will probably work for you. Need to know what drugs you can take, what you can't take. And this is why it's so important. There's nothing more individual or more important than your health. And uh, having a doctor who can identify you as a person, not as a number. Absolutely. Amen. But we, but we do have the ability to take our country back. And it's because the Constitution is still here. They are trying to get rid of it. They're going for these con-cons. All through every state, they're trying to get the states to call for a constitutional convention to rewrite our constitution. We have to pull out all the stops and stop them. Thank you, Rebecca Jerome. God bless you for all you're doing. All aboard the Truth Express. You can listen on your favorite podcast app or local radio station.
Patriot Gold Group. Consumer Affairs operated five years running where your IRA or 401k. Call 800-356-4470 today. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.